welcome to New Narrative Southeast Asia Dispatches. I'm your host, Bonibel Ramatan, Editorial Manager for New Narrative. New Narrative is a movement to democratize democracy in Southeast Asia, and this podcast is one of the ways we attempt to do just that. If I asked you what the opposite of democracy is, what comes to mind? Whatever your answers may be, I'd guess that totalitarianism or authoritarianism would be up there on the list. But how do we understand those terms? These days, we can't just think of them as purely militaristic or police state practices. A lot of our shift into increasing authoritarianism happens digitally. Digital authoritarianism, according to Yebok and Brannon in a paper for the Center for Strategic and International Studies published on October 2020, is, quote, the use of the internet and related digital technologies by leaders with authoritarian tendencies to decrease trust in public institutions, increase social and political control, and or undermine civil liberties, end quote. When information flows are increasingly determined by the government, it limits what ideas are possible and suppresses the rights of individuals who try to speak openly. Human rights and civil liberties are at stake. With new digital authoritarian laws, governments can severely undermine the foundational principles of democratic and open societies. It is important for any coalition of democratic allies to play both defensive and offensive roles, promoting resilience to authoritarian digital threats while building an affirmative alternative that diminishes the influence of authoritarian actors over time. In New Narrative, as part of the Media Freedom in Southeast Asia project, the Media Freedom Network, or MFN, is our response to these challenges as we aim to build a sustainable network of media workers, organizations, and activists to provide support, solidarity, and resources to media practitioners in the region. Our network activities include digital security trainings, legal briefings, and workshops, which you can find out more about at newnarrative.com slash mediafreedom. There are, fortunately, quite a few initiatives with a similar mission across Southeast Asia. One of the oldest ones is the Alliance for Independent Journalists in Indonesia, perhaps more known by their Bahasa Indonesia name of Aliansi Jurnalis Independent, or AJI. AJI was founded in 1994 by Satrio Aris Munandar, Ahmad Taufik, Gunawan Muhammad, and Ging Ginanjar in response to the banning of major news outlets by the Suharto regime. I'm Nika Ningtias, a Secretary General of the Alliance of Independent Journalists, or AJI Indonesia. AJI Indonesia is one of the journalist associations based in Jakarta, and we have more than uh, 1,800 uh, members in 40 cities overall in Indonesia. That's Ika Ningtias, the current Secretary General of AJI. Having been an independent journalist for a number of years herself, she now fights for media freedom as well as the safety and welfare of journalists and human rights defenders alike. Let's start by defining that. Um, how do you think, uh, how would you define, um, you know, the encroaching authoritarianism of the government in the digital sphere? Um, do you think, um, yeah, like, what are the laws that reflect this? What are the things that we must be wary of in and how we can we call it digital authoritarianism? Yeah, uh, we noted that um, how the authorities, especially Indonesian government, escalates use the technology to silence of a critical group. And we also noted that Indonesia have several slow 
uh, is like um, implementing electronic and information transaction uh, eight law since uh, 28 and it's revision in uh, 2016. But I just recorded that the law is using massively since uh, 2019 under second term of President Joko Widodo to silent the critical group, including independent uh, journalists. Eight law um, contains several problematic uh, articles such as um, defamation and hate speech, which is um, misuse um, to criminalize of journalists. Since uh, 2019, based on um, uh, data until last year, there are at least four journalists has brought to prison under uh, this law. Human rights defenders also um, targeted uh, this law based on newly uh, SafeNet's data show the number of criminalization increasing significantly uh, since uh, uh, 2019. Not only eight law, secondly, uh, Indonesia have um, internet shutdown uh, policy during the um, anti-racism uh, movement in West Papua in uh, 2019 by justifying the tackling of misinformation. But um, contrary to government reason, in fact, so many journalists in the field was difficulty verifying the information and uh, publishing uh, reliable news to the public. Also, it made all Papuan, especially in uh, 10 region in West Papua could enable to access the public uh, services like uh, health or uh, business services. Thirdly, the new regulation is Ministerial of Communication and Informatic Regulation or MR5. The regulation is about all the private digital platform who have mandatory to register and uh, how the content take down obligation under strict time between four until uh, 24 hours without, um, it's like um, independent and clear mechanism. Also, there is no clear uh, criteria about forbidden uh, content that must be taken uh, down under uh, this regulation. Yeah, so if ministry, or police institution as the platform to take down, yeah, uh, they must do that or there will be um, penalties with uh, expensive uh, penalties. Yeah, so the um, situation is uh, getting worse and we also recorded how the digital attack um, not only targeting uh, journalists or independent media, uh, also targeting um, human rights defenders. Yeah, well, you know, in that, based on these three laws, the situation is kind of dire and it's really um, affecting media freedom and not, not only media freedom itself, but really uh, the safety of media workers and human rights defenders and all of and all of these things, right? Um, and um, we, we understand that you've been pushing for, um, you know, judicial reviews about the internet blocking, about the, um, you know, lot, lots of people have been pushing for the EIT laws or the judicial reviews, but it's been, it's been rejected, right? It's, it's been like, it's largely been um, 
rejected or, or withdrawn by the constitutional court and stuff like that. Um, so how would you explain this this situation? I mean, um, if we push for judicial reviews and then it, we keep we keep you know we keep getting rejected, then like how how do you see this? How do you see the situation? Yes, um, the worst action is um, how uh, IG and uh, National Coalition to uh, challenge of the digital authoritarianism under the um, uh, court system in Indonesia. To make it clear that IG uh, filed a laws with internet shutdown policy to administrative court first in 2020, and um, continued with the um, judicial review of eight law to constitutional uh, court in 2021. In the first step, we won the lawsuit in administrative court and the judges said that the internet uh, shutdown policy under uh, Ministry of Communication on Informatic was unlawful because um, the policy is not regulated under specific law as um, national umbrella law. You know that um, in several international standard mandatory, all the human rights limitation policy must to regulate by law as umbrella, not enough only with ministry decision because the law need the public participation, not only under in government law or ministry law. So the decision, of course, made um, the press freedom in Papua was getting worse. You know that um, West Papua is most dangerous uh, region in, in uh, Indonesia for, for journalists relating the security issues and human rights uh, violation. And so after we won uh, the laws within administrative course, uh, IG continued to um, brought it uh, as judicial, judicial review in uh, constitutional uh, courts. IG and National Coalition uh, challenge only specific article 40.2 that regulating about uh, blocking access. Yeah, we found that the article has not contained an independent uh, process or involving independent uh, body to regulate blocking uh, access mechanism. Yeah, uh, it's a uh, relate how the internet uh, shutdown did in uh, 2019. There is no independent um, mechanism uh, about why the government and how uh, the government could decide that the situation um, must take an action by uh, internet shutdown. Yeah, so um, about this uh, article, give the government considerable authority to determine which content violate or not. The powerful of uh, its authority is dangerous because the government can misuse it to political purpose because yeah, the government is not independent body. So we want that the judges can include independent uh, mechanism or independent uh, process mandatory into the uh, article. But 
unfortunately, you know that the judges um, decides the ruling article is constitutional. Yeah. Um, so we we uh, had analyze of analyzing about that um, uh, the judges um, is like. Uh, didn't have a good uh, perspective about uh, digital right. Yeah, yeah. So situation uh, probably um, the the internet shutdown or blocking access can uh, continue uh, in the future. Even we we um, have the similar situation in um, last of July in uh, 2022. The ministry. Um, you know, is taken uh, action uh, to blocking access of uh, mm, there are there are uh, eight platform under the the uh, ministerial regulation uh, five twenty twenty two. How do we go from here? Do you do you have like does Aji have any more plans to like keep pushing for reviews or maybe and and also like um, if you do what what would be different and maybe and. Yeah, can you can you maybe tell us more also about the ideal situation? Not ideal situation, but like you know, if this law were to be implemented, you were talking about the um, the independent body and stuff like that. So, can you maybe tell us more about that? Currently, uh, IG and um, um, National Coalition uh, is feeling lost within um, <clears throat> administrative call to challenge of the Ministry Regulation Five uh, after the ministry uh, was blocking a platform in uh, 2022. Yeah, we are still waiting about uh, the judges and and uh, we hope that the judges have a good uh, perspective on a digital uh, right uh, for public. Yeah, so I hope we can to um, continue <laughs> um, the legacy uh, of of um, our experience to care to court uh, one one um, during the internet shutdown in uh, 2019. Uh, also, I think um, this good moment recently, Indonesian uh, government and legislative body is uh, processing to revise the eight law. IGN National Coalition is preparing number of uh, advocacy effort to. Uh, push the legislative uh, member can take down several problematic uh, articles under eight law. Of course, we we cannot um, work alone without the public uh, support from all of you, including all the independent um, media, because uh, it's related about the uh, human right. We all has uh, been showed on how the eight law can be targeting me, you, and all Indonesian people. So please um, take action and we can work together and also you can uh, speak up to uh, support us uh, with your your account on social media or you can help us to uh, send select a letter to president or the legislative uh, member and it needs the public participation uh, meaningful uh, process. So uh, we hope that um, all this, all the the <clears throat> effort that we are doing now, and we can uh, have a better situation in future. So um, you think that it's the um, it's the 
pressure from the public. It's the it's the um, if we if we support this 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 thing and we just raise awareness and we begin to like um, send letters or or just even um, you know make noises and make waves in social media, this would definitely help uh, the reform. Yes, uh, of course, the public support is uh, really important um, to can uh, gather so many uh, support from um, citizens uh, by uh, social media or with um, uh, offline action because you know that uh, the aid law is really dangerous and it um, makes us under the criminalization threat. Yeah, so it's not only about the journalist rights or human rights defender, but it's about uh, human rights. So, yeah, public uh, must uh, check action now. Um, let me go back a little bit to uh, the, the the things that you mentioned about, about Papua, because definitely all of these, um, you know, Press freedom, media freedom. While we do have like threats, and we have it like quite bad here in 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 Jakarta and in Java and like the rest of Indonesia. In Papua, it's like a whole lot worse, right? It's also a lot more dangerous there, and we have like much less media freedom. And can you um, tell us a bit about that and maybe how the uh, the these digital authoritarian laws are actually like a lot more dangerous to people in Papua and maybe other other parts of Indonesia that are a lot more uh, oppressed. Yeah, before uh, digital authoritarianism uh, is rising, Papua uh, become the most dangerous uh, region in Indonesia, not only for Indonesian journalists, uh, also um, for foreign uh, journalists, because um, um, they are still forbidden to, to access uh, Papua directly. Yeah, so the issues is about the security, yeah, we know that how the military or, or uh, security force uh, dominantly um, know, and it made uh, how the human rights violation uh, happen. It's not only um, to human rights defender, but it's also uh, targeting the critical group uh, who have uh, freedom of expression or how how they can to to um, idea or inspiration or anything uh, expression about uh, the Papua. Yeah, so we also have um, issues about uh, geographical uh, issue, but because uh, it's really difficult to access uh, some region in uh, Papua and it's not uh, easy for journalists can uh, access uh, directly. It's really costly and sometimes uh, journalists um, doesn't doesn't uh, got support from from the media company. Yeah, so uh, we look how the several media uh, only use the dominant uh, resource person from the state or from the military officers or from the police institution. Yeah, so it makes how the uh, public's uh, information is really challenging uh, about uh, the Papua. Yeah, and I think Papua really um, is a very good example of how digital authoritarianism and militaristic authoritarianism just come together. And if people, I mean, I'm sure the listeners here um, already realize the dangers of digital authoritarianism, but, you know, um, I think it's just 
the the worst the worst part of it you you can just you can just take a look at what's happening there if like if if anyone is is not yet convinced right so there's this whole danger of not only like everything like like as you mentioned it's a it's a whole human rights issue and it's like really connected with this whole freedom of expression freedom of the press and stuff like that and i wanted to to take this to the fact that um we have an increasing danger in in Papua and in, in and elsewhere in Indonesia to although to uh, different degrees and at the same time we are pushing for reforms and abolition of these laws but those take time right so uh, I wanted to get to you know hear from you what do you think we can do in the meantime to ensure uh, that the safety of the of the journalists of the human rights defenders while we are also pushing for the reforms of these laws yeah. Uh, journalists is a um, vulnerable group under all various uh, type of threat, especially in uh, Papua, you know. <laughs> yeah, so the threat is not only uh, the legal uh, threats uh, under aid uh, law, under the Ministry of Regulation uh, 5, or, or Internet uh, shutdown of policy, but we also uh, have a like a physical and verbal violence, sexual harassment, and digital uh, attacks. Based on um, AGIS data in uh, 2022, uh, so that how the violence is increasing, we record any uh, 197 journalists become as victim in uh, last year. Yeah, the trend is still the first about the uh, uh, physical violence and the secondly uh, the trend is about how how uh, digital attacks uh, becomes a new trends and it indicates how how journalists uh, has a complex uh, situation in uh, digital era so since 2020 Haji has been training the journalists by holistic safety training to respond to the hard situation. The curriculum contains on how journalists can mitigate risks in conflict and disaster zone, how to mitigate uh, of legal threat, uh, so like a, to, fa to face um, aid law, how the journalists can respond if they uh, go digital attacks, and handling psychosocial threat. Lately, we are uh, strengthening our capacity to handle our digital attack. Uh, AG is uh, already part of um, <clears throat> national coalition to give emergency uh, response of digital attack, not limited uh, for journalists, but also all human rights uh, defenders. As the same strategy, we are uh, preparing for the uh, digital safety uh, expert to handle digital attack facing in local journalists because you know that Indonesia is really a huge country and sometimes we have a gap uh, of capacity uh, of a journalist in Jakarta um, between a journalist in a um, uh, region, especially outside of uh, Java. Yeah, so we need to train and prepare 40 digital uh, safety safety experts so they can uh, help the local journalists, train the local journalists and 
giving the fast response if any uh, digital attacks happen in a local journalist. Yeah, so uh, it's like strategic um, planning how we can to prepare uh, all the kind uh, strategy or effort because we will face um, the 2024 election. And sometimes we record that the political years relate uh, how the the number of violence will be increased. Uh, how's it going so far with with all the uh, with all the trainings and stuff? And have you faced any any challenges, or have you made like any anyone angry that you're doing on you're doing all of these trainings and stuff? So can you tell us more about how it's going? Yeah. Um, YIG have. Um, responsibility uh, about the strategy or effort because you know that media company is the first party who has obligation to train their journalists, including provide the uh, safety equipment, social insurance, and uh, safety fund for emergency situation. But unfortunately, Based on uh, IG survey last year, a lot of journalists said that mostly of their uh, media companies doesn't implement or or um, don't have a responsibility to run uh, this obligation. So basically, most of Indonesian journalists have a minimum uh, protection, and <clears throat> is why uh, IG or other organization we are working or have a, a collaboration to provide the safety training especially for uh, local journalists yeah so <clears throat> we uh, provide is like a curriculum as the first step to to make uh, how the journalists uh, needs about the material how how they can to know about the basic knowledge about the digital security aspect. Yeah, so after that, we <clears throat> train uh, some participant as a um, uh, trainer. And sorry, after that, they can to uh, train from uh, for the another uh, local journalist in uh, each region. Yeah, so uh, that's why we can to reach out more and more uh, the journalists can have a good skill and knowledge about the uh, digital security. Has there been any um, challenges that, that you face throughout all of these trainings? Yeah, sometimes because you know that uh, digital security is a really new thing, um, new thing for, for uh, journalists. And we also have a gap uh, knowledge and skill about how to respond the the uh, digital uh, aspect and how we can to adults and know about the and use the new tool how can they can to help to increase uh, their device it's like a, a handphone or the laptop yeah so many things uh, we need to raise uh, awareness but you know mm, this on Angie's uh, survey that <laughs> uh, the journalist said that uh, sometimes they difficult to implement uh, about the digital security uh, aspect because uh, yeah, sometimes their laptop is not uh, compatible <laughs> with the tools and they don't have um, credit card 
to can buy of the premium tools. <laughs> yeah, so it's really challenging, but but uh, we need to uh, still support them. Uh, it's like a giving um, fun or giving the the tools that uh, Aji can offer a lot uh, some tools for participants. I see. And what about uh, challenges of like scalability? Because I see that you know uh, a lot of people, a lot of people like need need these kinds of trainings. But also on the on the other hand, we do realize that um, your holistic safety training uh, has this requirement of like the minimum two years thing. Is it is that to so that we don't go like overboard and just try to train everybody? Or or what what was what what is this about? Yeah, uh, I realized that Aji has limited budget <laughs> to provide the training for all local journalists because uh, I mentioned uh, before that Aji have um, almost 200, uh, sorry, 2,000 members of all in uh, region in Indonesia. Yeah, so huge number. Yeah, so Aji's uh, training was designed on how the participant could share their knowledge and new skill to other journalists in his or her region is why we require uh, two years as minimum uh, experience as a journalist. So we hope that they have a basic capacity to teach others to have a basic experience as a journalist, uh, how they have a basic uh, capacity as mentor or as a trainer yeah so it's only a strategy so after the training we have us we have a lot of uh, uh, trainers to can develop the training in a uh, region to reach of more the local journalists i see and then um the reaching of those local journalists do you then um they get they get integrated into into the uh, into Aji's network, and then in a couple of years they'll be able to train more journalists. Is that is that the idea? Yes, uh, of course. So in the national, we have a, it's like a big coalition, not only Aji but uh, including digital uh, expert organization uh, join in this uh, coalition. Yeah, after that we train. Uh, as like uh, the local expert, so if any uh, case happen in a region or in a local uh, area, so the the local trainer or local mentor can give is like uh, the first response or the first aid for the uh, journalist. But if they difficult to do that, and the the response can. A report to a national uh, coalition. Yeah, so the national coalition will be help uh, the <clears throat> difficult case, and we communicate uh, with the platform. It's like Meta or Google, uh, what is it? Uh, Twitter. Yeah, so all the platform uh, we we have a good communication uh, about that. Yeah, so uh, the response is really. Is really um, running good, and we will to prepare uh, so many things and so many uh, local experts to face if the number of cases will will uh, increase 
in uh, 2024. Yeah, because uh, it's impossible for for national coalition to handle all the case because we not only cover the journalists but also all the human rights uh, defender. Yeah, so we need to. It's like um, the good or or the networking must uh, be wider and national scale uh, also can coverage all the province in uh, Indonesia. Yeah, I realize it's a it's a pretty major thing. It's like like it's a, it's a huge network that covers. <clears throat> sorry. It covers like um, thousands of people, and potentially it's gonna grow to to thousands more. Um, how do you like? How do you maintain communication? And how does not really not really the national coalition and and the local ones, but like I'm more wondering how how you see these uh, local journalists building their own uh, grassroots network and how they talk to each other, um, even even without without you know without having to go national. For example, like journalists in in certain areas talk to uh, talk to journalists in in other areas and stuff like that. How does how do these communication happen and how do these communication get fostered in in ag okay uh, basically ag has uh, 40 bridges in 40 uh, cities in indonesia so each bridges uh, or chapters we have a local uh, office and um, each uh, chapter also organizing uh, organize uh, several local journalists so uh, from from the local community they can to is communicate with uh, directly with their experts and also they can to um it's like a how discuss or a local training is more and more yeah so the communication uh, basically um using the signal group and also they can to meet uh, in person directly uh, every day yeah so uh, it's really easy to organize um, the the uh, community because um, uh, the local networking of ag is a uh, huge and after that uh, as a national uh, level ag also open is like um, <clears throat> a report mechanism so if any journalist who difficult to difficult to reach out the local expert they can to uh, also report uh, with our uh, platform yeah so all the all the report and case uh, also uh, monitor under uh, advocacy uh, division and internet division yeah so we can to know about uh, if any case uh, faster and we can to uh, have a a good mechanism to handle all the case in Indonesia. Do you, do you have any aspirations for um, a more regional uh, collaboration? Because obviously this isn't the first time that Aji and you narrative are are speaking, right? Because like um, you you've been yeah we've been talking about about like grassroots movements and local journalists, but uh, in your narrative we also uh, feel that. Uh, establishing a more regional sense of solidarity is is important. Um, can you maybe talk more about Aji's uh, aspirations on that issue? Yeah, it's um, one of the Aji strategy also to uh, broad the cooperation. Is not only in a national and local journalists, but also we need to 
uh, how we can to um, cooperate with the journalist association in Southeast Asia. Yeah, we we had um, experience about that. Established the Southeast um, Southeast Asia journalist um, organization in um, years ago, but unfortunately that um, collaboration is not uh, longer anymore. Yeah, but we don't we don't have um, our our um, step is is uh, done. But uh, we need to move and um, try the the new strategy. How we can to collaborate um, again with the journalist organization in uh, Southeast Asia. So from from the collaboration is really uh, happy because uh, any six journalist organization in uh, Southeast Asia um, have uh, same commitment, uh, same mission to bring this collaboration uh, wider than before. And we also have a new strategy and new approach to bring this collaboration is more of flexible than uh, before. And we are really lucky because um, we have a good uh, uh, digital technology now who um, makes sense that the communication uh, can ha happen with um, with um, um, uh, sorry uh, with um, <clears throat> effective effective way to answer uh, the challenge the challenge in each uh, country so from this collaboration we can uh, share best practice uh, experience about how to handle uh, the legal threat handle how they can to respond about the digital attacks and how we can to uh, together or face the digital authoritarianism as well by um, establish a monitoring platform about um, joint training and uh, also joint campaign to respond if any um, prominent case from uh, each country. Yeah, so it's really baby step <laughs> for this year, but yeah, it's going well. Yeah, especially I think it's it's getting more and more crucial, especially these years, right? I mean, uh, we just had the Malaysian general election this year. We're going to have the, the, the Thai election and then um, several other uh, countries, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. And also uh, Indonesia is being the chairman of, of ASEAN. And then next year we have the Indonesian election. All of these things are like, you know, we are in the cusp of like a political... Um, yeah, a politically heated situation in Southeast Asia. And... Uh, Obviously, the safe, the media freedom, and then safety of journalists, safety of human rights defenders. That's a very, um, a very, an increasingly crucial thing to uh, pay attention to. Um, I wonder if if you have any like specific aspirations. I mean, you did we uh, we did talk about baby steps and stuff like that. But how do you see this thing play out with all of these heated uh, political situations and increasing threats of like? Uh, against media freedom, against journalists, against human rights defenders, but uh, with your efforts and with the with the efforts from the grassroots movements and the thing uh, like the support from the from the public, um, how do you see this play out in the next couple of years? Are you 
optimistic? Are you more like cautious? Like how? Uh, yeah, want your opinion on that? Yeah, um, we see that we have a same problem in each country, especially Indonesia, Malaysia, uh, Philippines, Cambodia, in uh, and Thailand. And we also note how the same threat is also happen in uh, in these uh, six countries. And yeah, we also interesting that we know that uh, it's like um, regulation and law is like a copy uh, copying by each government. It's like uh, the disinformation or or fake news law um, is come from. Uh, the firstly in Singapore and also copy to uh, Malaysia and Cambodia, Philippines as well, and Indonesia happen uh, uh, under under um, IT law and newly criminal code. Yeah, so we like so how the government in Southeast uh, Asia is like um, uh, copy their um, policy to uh, control of the information in that digital era. Yeah, so from from this trend, uh, I think it is important how, how the journalist organization can learn and share their experience together so we can know how we can to tackle uh, this situation and what and what of uh, things that we can do uh, advocacy uh, together. Uh, under all the the um, challenges uh, in this uh, regional country, yeah. So <clears throat> from this um, collaboration, uh, we also know how about the it's like a Philippine case under the the twenty twenty two election. Yeah, we know that um, new trend of the TikTok. Um, uh, as a, the the uh, important platform who use uh, the candidate to gain the electoral uh, voices, and also from that we can know about how the social civil uh, civil society in the Philippines uh, cooperate to handle the disinformation um, <clears throat> and mis and misinformation uh, during the election. Yeah, so the the best experience can um, adopted in Indonesia, uh, so like uh, our uh, national collaboration, we copy how the <clears throat> best experience from uh, the Philippines uh, to tackle mis and disinformation with the uh, national collaboration, not only uh, between um, uh, media. Uh, and journalists, uh, also including the other civil society, academics, and also religious group and pro bono um, lawyers. Yeah, so that uh, is important that we can uh, share about the um, collaboration can give benefit for for not only in Indonesia or uh, IG, but also for uh, another members. Yeah, I agree. I mean, 
if the if the governments are like copying one another in terms of like authoritarian practices, then obviously it's very crucial for uh, the activists and human rights defenders and journalists across Southeast Asia to just learn from one another regarding the best practices and build this kind of solidarity, and you know just keep pushing back for for reforms for all of these uh, for all of these. Judicial reforms, but also like build safety trainings and the the things that that you are doing. I think Aji is doing uh, amazing work there, um, and I think and I think that's yeah, it's, it's a great note to end on. Um, thank you very much, Maika, for for speaking with us. We're looking forward to further collaborations with Aji. Thank you, Bonnie and your narrative team. And that wraps up our conversation with Ika Ningtias. For this issue, there's really no further calls to action except the one thing that we've discussed. Make waves. I need you all to make waves. To keep protesting against digital authoritarian laws, whether that's the EIT law and MR5 in Indonesia, FICA in Singapore, AFNA in Malaysia, or other laws wherever you reside. Make noise on social media. Write to your representatives and governments. Take to the streets when it's safe to do so in your area. Whatever you do, do not stay silent. Your voice matters. It always matters in fighting against authoritarianism, digital or otherwise. And if you're interested to take part in this issue further, participate in legal briefings and other training activities, tell your stories, or simply get connected, check out our Media Freedom Project, which you can find at newnarrative.com slash mediafreedom, all one word. My name is Bonnie Bell Rambatan, And this has been Southeast Asia Dispatches, brought to you by New Narrative and produced by Dania Yudo. I'll see you around.